0: I want to get into, as I spend the next two weeks in this series called Fight Club, I want us to look at Matthew chapter number one. And I want to read a few verses of scripture starting at verse 18. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, I'm going to get to that because that's important. He says, what I'm getting ready to tell you requires me reminding you of who you are. Watch this. Because Joseph is not going to want to hear what I have to say. But the son of David will. God, yeah, God, God says, I need to remind you that you both. You're not just Joseph. You're the son of David. So I need to remind you. You're the son of David. Before I give you this instruction, now don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Watch this, verse 22. This is for everybody who wants a destiny, everybody who wants a purpose. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken Through the prophet, the virgin will conceive, give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. It's, It's so much in this. But I want to tag a title of this text, and and I want to use a sermon title that's consistent with the series title we're in for these next two weeks. I'm going to talk from this subject, Fight Club. Fight Club. Uh, Family, I want to ease into this introduction with an axiom that is attributed to Jesus. Many of us may be familiar with it. It is recorded by the gospel writer, John. He, he articulates that Jesus communicates these words. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The, 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 the word truth here is actually a word Etymologically, that means reality. Uh-huh. So when Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, Jesus is saying we all will hit seasons and situations where we need a revelation of reality. Yeah, he, he says, uh, I, I want to interrupt your sense of reality so I can disrupt yes. that false reality with a real reality that's going to add real value to your life. Amen. He says when, when, when you know the truth when you get a revelation of what's really real that revelation of reality causes a revolution in your life. In other words, I've said this before, once you get exposed, you cannot be unexposed. We must be cautious and careful asking God to expose us to things, expose us to opportunities, expose us to information, expose us to revelation, because once you get exposed, you get spoiled. (laughs) yeah and you start developing an insatiable appetite for something that you didn't know existed until you got exposed to it this is why some of you right now are in a season of agitation and inconvenience because you are saying once I've tasted what is possible for me I'll never be satisfied with something that's beneath me who am I talking to today yeah, that's a holy agitation. That's a holy discontent. God gave you some premature exposure to your future reality so that, we, so that you wouldn't get comfortable in your present reality. He says, I'm not going to let you settle for less than my best. So I'm going to expose you to what's for you before the time. so that you don't think that all that's going on in your right now is the sum total of what's gonna be in your next. And I don't know who this is for, but somebody that's following me on this Father's Day, I want you to put this in the chat. I want you to put my now is not my next. <laughs> yep, I might be crying now, but the Bible says if I'm sowing in tears in my next, I'm gonna be reaping in joy. I, I may be walking into some closed doors now, but my Bible tells me he opens doors no man can shut and he closes doors no man can open. My next is a season of open doors. My next is a season of multiple doors. My next is a season where I need increased discernment to determine what door I'm gonna walk through. My next is my next is a season where I'm not even walking through doors by myself. Yeah, I'm taking everybody that the enemy wants to keep stuck and stagnant with me because my now is not my next. We need a a revelation of reality. And, And that's what truth does. It rescues you from operating incorrectly because you perceived something inaccurately right let's use relationships for example the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 dedicates an entire chapter to the he's talking about Christ's relationship with the church but he uses marriage as a metaphor for us and this is what he does there are all types of viewpoints and perspectives about what it takes to make it work what does Paul do Paul gives them a revelation of reality and he says in Ephesians five, he says marriage isn't just for two people that's in love. Marriage is for two mature people that's in love. <laughs> he says now I'm not. To. He says he says I want to dis I, I, I want to disrupt your understanding of that so that you don't spend years working this ways that it doesn't work. Wow, wow. He says I don't want you to work it ways that don't work. So let me disrupt your understanding of it. He says two selfish people that are in love don't work. This is for two people who are committed to serving each other. And he (laughs) he says, if you'll receive that, it'll set you free. From operating in a way that's incorrect because I'm looking at something in a way that's inaccurate. Jesus said, truth sets you free. And I think this is important, family, because receiving this revelation helps minimize some frustration in our life. Because many of us have to wrap our head around the fact that there are some things that we have accepted as true that aren't truth. And so when life gives you something that is incongruent or inconsistent with what you believe to be true, it can cause you to question what you believe about life. Now watch this. But if, you be- if, if, be- if this belief I'm referring to is a belief that you believe comes from God, And then you experience something in life that's inconsistent with that. Then that will not only have us questioning life. It will also have us questioning God. For example, we just sang a song earlier about God being a good father. Goodness is his nature. It is an incredibly important attribute. Every believer needs to rest in the revelation that God is good. It's it's cathartic. It's therapeutic. It's grounding. It's anchoring. It's your shelter in the time of storm. That, That revelation is your bridge over troubled water. That revelation is a rock you can lean on in a weary land. Didn't Jesus tell Peter that the revelation he had about Jesus being the Son of the Living God was a rock upon which he could build this church? That we need that revelation. However, God says he's good, but he determines what's good. Oh, my God. So when we assume that our version of good, Is the final and determinate version when something happens in our life that is inconsistent with our version of good we can ultimately end up having issue with God and God's like you're mad at me about something that wasn't truth it was true to you but it wasn't true you thought me being good means you never cry when I told you me being good means I wipe away every tear from your eyes. You thought me being good means you never go in the lion's den or you never go in the fiery furnace. When my revelation of being good is even when you go in there, if I don't get you out, I'm coming in with you. I don't know who this is for or what you in or where you are, but I want to let you know if God hadn't pulled you out, it's because he's getting ready to come in somebody in studio shout come on in here and somebody in the chat put, come on in here he says I'm getting ready to come in that marriage I'm getting ready to come to that job I'm getting ready to come to that mind I'm getting ready to come to that heart if I don't pull you out I'm on my way in It's truth. He says it's disruptive. It's disconcerting. It may call into question things that you believe your whole life. This is what I'm talking about in this masterclass, the Bible detox. It, it, it may cause you to question, watch this, bad truths you learn from good people. I mean, they were good people and praying people and godly people and had pure intentions. And Jesus says, part of what I want to do is I want to disrupt your sense of what's true with truth. I want to give you reality. I want to rescue from doing life in a way that won't work. He says, I, I want to align your expectations with the way life really works. And in our time together, as I'm looking at this text, there's something I want to lift up to you today because I think it's incredibly important. It's relevant for everybody, it's uniquely relevant for fathers and men who are listening. And, and here it is. Here's a truth that I think Jesus does not explicitly state but you see him consistently implying this all throughout scripture. Here it is, y'all. Life is a fight. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know what you've read and I don't know who you loved and what they taught you and told you. I don't, I don't know what you've watched or what podcast you've listened to. Or, or I don't know who's, who has impacted your worldview in terms of your expectations as it relates to life. But I'm telling you, when I look at what the architect and the creator and the designer of the world has to say about life, it can be summarized in that simple statement, life is a fight. Jesus said in John chapter number 16, he says this, in this world, he didn't say you might. He didn't say there's a possibility. He said as long as you have a residence in this world, you will have tribulation. Now watch this. He says, now, before that sends you in a downward trajectory, before you begin to have an emotional spiral that's unhelpful and unhealthy," he says, but be a good cheer. For I have overcome the world. In other words, he says, the gospel... not a which is good news the gospel is not gospel because we get to avoid say that's not gospel means good news so the good news isn't that you get to avoid the good news is whatever you don't avoid you can overcome now how do I overcome John says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Wait a minute. James says, faith without works is dead. This this is what distinguishes faith from optimism. Uh, Lord, I just got a few minutes, but give me a little time to work this out. Yeah, yeah. Faith produces optimism, but optimism and faith are not, not the same. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is now. Optimism is anchored in circumstances that are uncontrollable, but under no one's control. So optimism says, it will work out. Faith is different. Faith is in a person that has all things under his control. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. So optimism says, it'll work out. Faith said, God. It's going to work this thing out. Work it out. How you going to pay your rent? Work it out. All your money's... Y'all not talking to me today. I turned it over to the Lord. And He worked it out. The universe didn't work it out. The one that created the universe worked it out. I need more than the universe. I don't need an impersonal existential force. I need the uncaused cause. The one that created the universe. The one's got a personal interest in me. The one that says the hairs on my head are numbered. You settle for the universe. Give me God. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. The one who put the stars in the sky. Give me God. The one that made the grass green. Give me God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Faith, different from optimism, because it has a corresponding action. It produces works. James says, I show you my faith by my works. What does faith at work look like? It looks like a fight. Y'all better come get me today. I say, when your faith is working, what does it look like? It look like a fight. Your faith is working. doesn't always look like winning, but it looked like a fight. Hmm. It doesn't always look like. doors open immediately but it looks like somebody knocking at the door kicking at the door, punching the door climbing through a window, tearing a hole through a roof to get to Jesus faith shows up in a fight the fight is evidence of faith, the fight is evidence that I believe this is for me the fight is a revelation I refuse to settle for something that is less than what God promises me because all the promises of God are possessed through faith and faith has to fight and I'm sorry church we have taught you how to sing we have taught you how to serve we have taught you how to sow, but we have not taught you how to fight And so when we hit seasons where we have to fight, we don't know how to fight. Yeah, we are so disoriented by the fact that we are in a fight that we don't even know what to do in it. We've been rebuking it and binding it and blowing it away, trying to sew it away. And when we find ourselves in a ring, We don't know what to do because your adversary is not going to cease fighting just because we hadn't learned how. But you with at the right church today. No, 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 no. This, 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 this is no longer just church. This is a training facility you walked into fight club where we're getting ready to equip you with the skills you need to bob (laughs) and to weave see some of you are hurt not because you've been hit but because you hadn't been trained on how to block y'all miss what I just said yeah some people got hit with the same punch but it didn't knock them out because they knew how to block and someone else didn't but you getting ready to learn how to block how to jab how to throw an uppercut how to do some body shots because I'm sick and tired of the devil hitting believers and you don't know how to hit back But who am I preaching to today that'll say, this is my season? Well, I'm getting ready to swing back. Devil, swing on me if you want to. I'm swinging back. Come for my children if you want to. I'm going to fast and pray until they turn their heart in the right direction. So there's a trainer I called earlier this week. I said, fam, I got some people that are coming to the fight club. They need to learn from a fighter. Some skills they need to fight. He said, what you need, PD? I said, I need you to pull up on me. Pull up on me on Father's Day. And tell the people your story. Because you're one of the greatest fighters in the Bible. You had a great contribution, but you're greatly underappreciated. I would venture to say that you're not just unappreciated. I would venture to say your contribution is undervalued. Because when we look at your story, we see that God told Mary she was having a son. But God told you what the name is. <laughs> that when we look at the story, Herod wants to perform genocide and eradicate all the babies that are born that are of Jewish descent because he's afraid that one of them is going to be the king of the Jews and have influence, you were the one that the angel appeared to and said, get your wife Mary and that baby Jesus and get out of here. And the Bible says, I'm not going to bother this because we could go a number of places with this. They hid him in Egypt. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one alone, but that's yes. Yeah. It was you, Joseph. Thank God for Mary. We cannot undervalue her contribution. But she wasn't the only one that contributed to the rearing and the raising of our Savior. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mary deserves her credit. We should celebrate Mary. Yet at the same time, especially on this Father's Day, let's pause for the cause. Yes. And let's give this brother a little credit. Yes. Because he played a huge role in the raising and in the rearing of our Savior. Yes. And today, I'm almost done. He wants to teach us how to fight. Yes. And I know many of you are reading this text that we read at the beginning of the message and saying, Darius, what are you talking about? There is nothing in this text about fighting. Oh, yes it is. Darius, I don't see any fighting in this text. Oh, yes it is. See, every fight has an arena. And some arenas are public. Ah, But there's underground fighting and backyard fighting arenas aren't obvious some arenas are incognito and Joseph is fighting the issue is he's fighting a fight nobody knows but him and God <laughs> y'all not talking to me today yeah, come here the bible says this man is engaged he's betrothed so that, that's that's a little bit different so when when we think engagement we think I just gave you a ring During this point in in human history, betrothal was a bit different. It was you weren't formally married, but you had a legal obligation to marry. Yeah, Yeah, you can't give me a ring and take it back. No, 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 not during these days. So to call off the engagement, you had to meet the stipulations for divorce. Are y'all here? So come here, you dating your girl, you get engaged, the wedding day is set, you have not engaged in any intimate act with her, come here fellas, then all of a sudden one day she texts you and say, can we talk? (laughs) Whenever a man get that text, he get nervous. he say what's up she say I'm pregnant he said okay who is it God come on let's not sanitize the story we rob the text of its revelation and its richness for us if we sanitize it this is a rich text I'm pregnant and it's God's. This man's fighting. The reason I know he's fighting, God says, I got to send an angel to talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) Come on! Because he didn't believe her. (laughs) What did... What did he feel? How was he going to tell this to his father? He got to go home with his mom and dad and say, "Uh, God did this. (laughs) He's fighting. As I'm reading this story, I'm getting ready to go here now. It's only getting worse, y'all. Here this: As I'm reading this story, I'm looking at what's happening with Joseph. And on this Father's Day, I said, you know what? Not in practice, but in principle. That's happening with a lot of men. They fighting. It's just an underground fight. The fight is internal, so it's not obvious. We can't see the fight that they are engaging in. He, he, Joseph, just like most men, was fighting an invisible fight. And he's fighting it in several areas that I think that we must be prepared and equipped to fight it. We will not have his specific scenario, but we will have similar circumstances where there is an assignment you've been given that is uncomfortable. And your willingness to complete the assignment is going to be based on whether or not you win a fight. Nobody know you have it. Y'all aren't talking to me. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, Joseph's Joseph represents m- men and women. Don't, n- miss, don't miss this. But persons who've received an inconvenient assignment. And on the outside look like they are performing it faithfully but on the inside nobody knows it took an angel it took divine intervention it took God coming to me and saying Joseph son of David (laughs) and what's scary is because the fights internal You don't win anything when you win. Y'all not talking to me. Yeah, you can battle with drugs and you win that and people give you a high five. You can battle with hangups and habits and you win that and people give you a high five. You can battle alcoholism and you win that, people give you a high five. Cause those are battles done in a public arena, generally. But you're fighting and winning fights. And watch this. And Joseph's fight is not for him. Because the easiest thing for him is not to accept the assignment. See, I want everybody right here. I don't want anybody. Don't jump off. Look at me. Look at me. Let me be a pastor for a minute. You cannot say, get my husband, my brother, and my son in church and not want me to speak to him. Let me, okay, let me be a pastor for a minute. Because we want the men in church. But many men find church irrelevant because it's not speaking to issues that are relevant to them. It's 52 weeks, give me this one. To come for your brother, your husband, your father, your person that that you love deeply and dearly, that you want to follow Jesus. So Joseph has to feel unappreciated. Now wait a minute. Here it is. I know because I've heard chatter in the culture. I've heard the chatter in the culture. The chatter in the culture. Why we need to celebrate you for doing what you're supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Why we supposed to celebrate you for doing what you're supposed to do? I heard the chatter in the culture. That's popular in culture, but it's inconsistent with God's truth because all throughout Scripture, you see God and God instructing us to encourage other people to do what they're supposed to do. Y'all not talking to me. Come on now. Come on. In leadership circles, whether in leadership context or management context, there are books written about the power of affirmation. Affirming people. Letting them know what they're doing well. Why is it? When it comes to men, we don't need to celebrate you doing what you're supposed to do see at least joseph knew he was the son of david he knew his genealogy he knew his lineage he knew who his dad was he knew who his granddad was we got brothers now who are doing the very best they can to lead families and they haven't they they don't know they the son of david They don't even know who David is. They don't have a connection with David. They don't have a lineage with David. So if I don't know, who, see, don't miss this. If I don't know who my daddy is, I don't know who my uncle is. Y'all, are are y'all hearing me? If I don't know who my dad is, I don't know who my granddad is on that side. So I'm cut off from the influence of generations. And I'm fighting inadequacy. I'm fighting self-doubt. I'm fighting whether or not I'm good enough. I'm fighting whether or not I'm raising my kid the right way. I'm fighting! But don't nobody need to encourage you to do what you're supposed to do. That Joseph is fighting. He's all in his head. I'm telling you, his ego's crushed. As a man, he's crushed. He is crushed. And he's like, God, I'm grateful that some, I am grateful that the Savior of the world is coming to the earth. But if he were to be honest, he would probably say, but I wish you had gave it to another woman. Because I want Jesus to come into the world. Are are y'all okay? See, I'm telling you the stuff he probably thought about. See, I want Jesus to come in the world, but I don't want to have to live through what I got to live through. He's fighting internally. And I'm telling you, every, I know this applies to women, but this is Father's Day. Every man you see fighting. Fighting fighting. I don't care how prideful he look, he's fighting. Some of the most prideful ones fighting insecurity. That, that, that's all pride is anyway. Pride is insecurity playing dress up. That's all it is. Fighting. But he won the fight. I'm going to say that one more time. He won the fight. And brothers, I know it's a fight, but Joseph gives us some insight on how to win the fight. Because what you're fighting for is worth fighting for. Look at me. Men must be fighters. You cannot win if you don't fight. It's hard, fight. It's not fair, I know. Fight. They don't get me. I understand. Fight. I'm underappreciated. I get it. Fight. I'm misunderstood. I understand. Fight. I feel like everybody else's feelings matter, but mine don't. And when I make mine matter, I'm selfish. I can't be upset. My feelings can't be hurt. They're fighting. Some of them are fighting confusion. Confusion, boy, this is real today. Some of them are fighting confusion because they feel like they're getting conflicting messages from culture. Yeah. But Joseph fought and he won. He fought as a marriage. We got to fight. I'm, I'm done. Let me wrap up. Y'all tired of this? Here it is. Now nah, here it is. Here it is. The, 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 the first, here's the thing. The first thing that, that Joseph does is he teaches us how to fight in your faith. Because that's the area we're going to have to fight in. Because Mary comes to him and says, God did it. And he is obviously having some trouble believing that. So an angel has to come and the angel has to say, Joseph, what she's receiving, it has come from the father. And I am calling you to steward what I put on the inside of her. So you got to fight to believe. Don't miss this. You got to fight to believe in what I put in those. I'm holding you responsible for leading y'all not talking to me this is why this is why the enemy i believe uniquely attacks men in the area of faith and women have historically had greater faith and have had to bring the men along because the devil knows mm, he knows the impact of a man operating with a lack of faith because he not only has to believe god for him he's got to believe in what god put in and those he's responsible for yes. Yee. am I making sense yes. you gotta believe you gotta see what he put in Mary and believe that you called me to help birth that you put it in her I gotta birth it you put it in my children I gotta help them I gotta protect it gotta fight the area of your faith two I'm not going to bother this long Uh, when we start our men's gatherings back up then I talk about this he was fighting in his flesh Uh yep because here it is the desire to divorce her quietly probably wasn't just a faith issue It's, it's a flesh issue it's an ego issue it's a preference issue It's said, I love you, God, but I still wish you had picked someone else's issue. It's said, the people around town are going to look at me weird, issue. It's said, my friends are going to say, you doing what? Issue. See, okay. <laughs> but he had to fight his flesh. Three, he had to fight Fear text says the angel tells him don't be afraid what are you afraid of he's probably afraid of a lot he's like I didn't believe it was God that's a faith issue now that I believe that it is God I'm scared and this is what's interesting men don't generally speak these are generalizations they're exceptions of course But men don't show fear the way we assume fear would be shown. You know why some of us are workaholics? Fear. (laughs) It's, look at me, sisters. He's thinking about stuff he's not talking to you about. He's thinking about things he's not even talking to you about. He's thinking about how I'm going to do this. How I'm going to move this around. How I'm going to do this. If this happened, are we going to be okay? How can I protect us? How can I insulate us? How can I do this? How can I do that? How can I position us here? Okay, in five years, we're going to have to do this. He's gone. He's gone. Because it's it's fear. You got to fight that, brother got to fight that. Because God always works it out. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's counsel that will stand. Number four, he's fighting his feelings. We would probably assume that after The initial moment of agreement, Joseph has no more questions. He never again struggles with the assignment. But this is unrealistic because even Jesus was okay with his assignment at one point in his journey. And then gets to the garden of Gethsemane and he starts struggling again. (laughs) This is why Joseph is up and down sometimes. Because he's fighting his feelings. God, I meant my yes when I gave it to you. I don't know how I feel about it now. And number five, he's, he's fighting his fate. The Bible says all this happened so that a prophecy would be fulfilled. He is wrestling with what's been picked for him. God said, No, 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 no. This is why you were born. (laughs) Don't fight this. This is fate. This is your destiny. This is your calling. Now, come here, brothers. Come here. You should know the truth and the truth will set you free. You don't pick the life you're supposed to live. Now I know that's not what you're hearing in podcasts and on YouTube and that's not what you're reading in books. I know that's not what what you've received is true, but the truth is you don't get to pick. Fate, purpose, destiny. You discover it. And then you decide whether or not you will align your life with the only option for it. You may go another way, but God only has one way for you. And once you step outside that lane, you have stepped outside his will. That child, your assignment. God trusted Joseph with Mary. God trusts you. That spouse, that, that girlfriend, that's still God's daughter. That's still God's daughter. She's not your wife, but she's still God's daughter. Girlfriend, assignment, those children, assignment God trust them with you and sometimes the things <laughs> the things that we're facing is not even about us it's about what we are supposed to help others carry a mentor of mine I'll talk about this next week years ago was doing some teaching with us and he was introducing us to some Hebrew words that he saw in the scripture that were used to describe men. And one of the words was a word that implied weight bearer. You've been born to bear weight. You've been built for it. You just need the skills to know how to manage this reign. Man, I can't wait until we get back to in-person services, because right now I sense what I would do is I would have an altar call, but I don't believe God is limited by time and space or wherever you are. I want you to look at me because I'm getting ready to pray for every Joseph, every man that's fighting underground, fights nobody knows about fighting to come home fighting to keep food on the table fighting not to give up on you fighting to be the best you you can be fighting when you're being criticized for not being what you've never seen you've never seen it not not that you didn't have it you've never seen it and you're being criticized for not being you never see and some of you are deflated but you can't be defeated it's too many others that are dependent on you there are people in your future that you hadn't that you haven't even met yet that are depending on you becoming a better version of yourself I'm talking to every single young man right now. Yeah, you're like, I don't have a family. I don't have people I'm responsible for. But listen, those people are going to be uh, blessed by or burdened by who you do or who you don't become. And so God's using these trials that you feel like you're going through now as training to make you a weight bearer. That's your assignment. I want to pray for you because you've been fighting. Maybe you need a second win. I'm going to pray that God gives it to you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every Joseph that is watching me, the Josephs right now that are looking saying, I can't believe a pastor took a Sunday to preach to me. I pray for everyone that feels undervalued. Everyone who feels, every Joseph that feels like their contributions are taken for granted. I pray for every Joseph who feels like all the attention goes to Judas. And the focus is on the Judas who walked away and the Judas who betrayed and the Judas who was dishonest. And you feel like I'm Joseph. I'm over here. I'm over here too Lord I pray for vitality and renewal and a second win into that man the man who's, who's fighting his faith, the man who's fighting fear, the man who's fighting his feelings, the man who's fighting his flesh, the man who's fighting his fate, I pray for him Lord minister to him, we need him, our churches need him our communities need him Our families need him. Our country needs him. Raise up kingdom men who will accept kingdom mandates to make sure of this birth, which you put on the inside of them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Clap your hands in this.